We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to another edition of the Roadwire NBA podcast. It is Thursday, February 25th. We are exactly one week away from the NBA All Star break, a little over a week away from the NBA All Star game, which will take place uh, on Sunday, March 7th. I'm joined by James Anderson. Uh, James, we've, we've had a lot of fruitful discussions these last few weeks about a, a ton of just kind of random NBA topics or lists that we've put together. Uh, and I, I've gathered you here today to do a midseason all NBA picks. And we, we usually do this preseason. Uh, we, you know, usually once or twice during the regular season, we'll do this. I was just saying to you off air of all the times that we've put these teams together. I mean, probably close to 10 times over the last three or four years. I, I think this is the toughest time that I've had dividing these guys up and, you know, especially deciding who's making the cut from second to third team. Um, and then which players to ultimately leave off altogether that, that didn't make the cut onto the third team. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't have as hard of a time, you know, distinguishing between second and third team. Or uh, there's one, there's a couple cases where it was tough between first and second team. Yeah. But uh, deciding which players made the third team was was really hard for me. For sure, I I I put together a fourth and a fifth team just to kind of give myself some some leeway or kind of visualized, you know, what I was thinking with these guys. And there were multiple times where I'm copying, pasting one guy from third down to fourth, and then I'm trying to fudge a position and maybe, maybe squeeze them onto the fourth team as a guard instead of a forward. Um, but we'll get into all those. I, I do agree with you. The first team was, was not all that difficult. There were a couple spots I, I, I had to think about a little bit. Second team, a little more difficult, but not all that, you know, much more difficult. And then third team is where it really did uh, become really tough, uh, especially with the the center position, which I'm interested to see where you went there. But let's start at the top. Give me your full first team All NBA as we near the midway point in the season. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard at the guard spots, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard at the forward spots, and Nikola Jokic at center. Okay, I have four of those five. I ended up going Giannis over Kawhi, and and that was. Very difficult, and I have to admit this. And you know, knowing me, it's, it's really this says a lot that I'm going to admit this on a podcast. I consider going Kawhi over LeBron James. Wow, I know. Thank you. That's brave of you to admit. Um, I didn't really have any second thoughts about my forward spots. Actually, the the two okay. areas where I had. A hard time was Dame versus Doncic and Jokic versus Embiid. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame that Jokic and Embiid are both having the years that they're having because there's not really a case to put one of those guys in at forward. They're they're such true centers that one of them's going to have to be on the second team. And I'm with you right now. It's Jokic. I mean that that could switch by the end of the year. Uh, I think Jokic has the advantage now. Um, I don't. I mean, Giannis versus Kawhi is super tough. It could go either way. I had Kawhi at first, and then the more I dug in. Um, I, I think Giannis has maybe become strangely underrated and Kawhi too is having an underrated season. So it's, it's really, really hard, but, um, for any of those three guys to have to end up on the second team, I mean, in a, in a normal season or a normal, you know, amount of elite talent in the league, any of those three would be easy first teamers for me. And when you're, when you're doing all NBA, are you like, what, what percentage are you sort of factoring in? just what the guy's done that season versus just like who are the best players. I don't, I mean, I try to keep it to one year, I guess. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be a self-contained thing, you know, from the start of this season to the end of this season, not, not counting anything that happened in the bubble, but at the same time, I mean, it, that stuff does creep into your mind. Um, I mean, so are, are you saying that gives LeBron a boost or maybe, you know, detracts from Giannis and Kawhi? Well, I would, I think it's um, like with LeBron and Kawhi making it over Giannis, I'm sort of looking at the whole season and like playoffs and just sort of like who are the best guys, uh, mm-hmm. who's going to, who's going to really carry a team and do it, you know, carry the offense, really drive winning and, uh, I just think LeBron and Kawhi kind of have the edge over Giannis until we see something different happen in the playoffs. And I, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi's team flamed out last year too, but I mean, he's proven it many times. So I, I do kind of factor in like 
you know, championship pedigree and that type of thing into this when it's really close in terms of just what guys yeah. have done during the regular season. Yeah, I mean, if you have to use it as a tiebreaker, I think that's totally fine. Um, and I, I have no problem, you know, with any of those three, any any two of those three, I should say, uh, being on the first team. How close was Lillard versus Doncic for you? Really, really, really close. And I just basically used team record as a tiebreaker there. And I like with that one, uh, I have Dame right now, but. I almost expect that by the end of the season, I might have Doncic up there. It's it's more just like when it's this close and one team is well over 500 and a big part of that is just how clutch Dame Lillard's been and the other team is at 500 uh, with relatively comparable talent next to them. I, I just gave the nod to Dame just based on team success there. I think that is a good way to put it. I mean, and of course, we're coming off of a night where, you know, Dodgers just hit a game-winning three. Um, so I, I think his stock is on the rise. I mean, Lillard, I don't think there's really anything he can do at this point to go any higher, whereas it feels like Dodgers got off to a slow start and can kind of build momentum throughout the year, whereas the best Lillard can do is probably just sustain. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how fair that is, but I, I do agree with you. I, I think when we do this exercise at the end of the year, there's a pretty good chance that I'll have those flipped. Um, the other thing is there's just not, I mean, outside of like COVID absences, there haven't been a lot of major injuries. A lot of the injuries that we've had have, have come to guys who we kind of thought would be injured, like Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, et cetera. Um, like normally there's, there's a situation where, you know, two or three really good players miss 25 plus games and they kind of take themselves out of it. And I I think that's part of what makes it so difficult is I, I don't know if there's a single superstar who by virtue of, of missing a ton of games so far is, is out of the mix. Right. I mean, you, I guess you could maybe argue like CJ McCollum was just on such a torrid start that he might have factored into like the third team if he were still healthy. But sure. even that, it seemed like he was kind of performing a little bit above his head and probably would have regressed a little bit. Yeah, I, I think he was probably on pace to be maybe on like my fourth or fifth team. But I mean, mm-hmm. that would have just added yet another name into this mix. Let's go to the second team. Uh, give me your full second team, All-NBA. James Harden, Luka Doncic, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Okay, I have that same 10 that we we just flopped uh, Kawhi and Giannis on first and second team. But yeah, I I know I, I said second team was tough. There was there were a few guys I considered bumping up. Um, partially, Kevin Durant missing so much time already. Like that was weirdly the hardest choice, even though I think he might be the best player of all these guys. Um, just the fact that he's missed like 10 more games than a lot of these other players, uh, made me think twice about it. But I mean, for me, Harden was a, a very easy second team, uh, obviously Kawhi and since he was left off the first team and then Embiid, uh, a complete lock at center with Jokic on the first team. Yeah. I think my main, um, like when we're doing all NBA, especially like at the midway point, I'm, I'm not really looking at those games missed and weighing them that heavily with, with KD if you know if we get to the end of the year and he's only played like 55 percent of the games or maybe 60 percent of the games maybe that could end up uh hurting him but i just i think he's just clearly like you know when we get into the playoffs like kevin durant's going to be one of the two or three best players in the entire league so i i think he has to be on at least the second team 
Yeah, I don't think he's missed quite enough time where you really have to hold it against him uh, you know, right now. And and there's a chance that if, if he stays healthy the rest of the way and comes back soon from this hamstring injury, I mean, maybe he ends up pushing for a first team spot even. I, he was he was certainly on pace for that early on. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he ends up missing another 10 to 15 games in the second half, you know, that could end up being enough to push him off. All right, so we're pretty much in agreement on the top 10. Uh, this is where it's going to get wild. Then let's let's go to the third team, and then you know we can circle back on some of these second team guys if we have to. Uh, where did you go with the All NBA third team? So, um, as this really loud train okay, cruises I was by my was. apartment, um, <laughs> I have Paul George as a guard, mm-hmm. and then I have Kyrie Irving as my other guard. Then I have Zion and Bam as forwards and Rudy Gobert as the center. Okay. We're going to have a little bit of carnage here. So I I have Bam on my fifth team as a center. I have Zion on my fourth team. I have Kyrie on my fourth team. I do have Gobert at center and I have Paul George as a forward. Uh, I went Chris Middleton as the other forward. And you're, as I was typing these in, I was just like, I just cannot wait for James to tear these apart. Your third team, all NBA guards. Zach Levine and Brad Beal. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty rough. I mean, we we that's that's kind of crazy. So, do we have just Go Bear and Paul George then? Right. And uh, yeah, you know, with Paul George, I kind of uh, yeah, it just seems like he's kind of been their shooting guard this year. No, is that do you disagree? Uh, I don't know. I just I just kind of use the like, yeah. on, on basketball I mean, reference. He's like a shooting guard slash small forward. I think he has played more shooting guard, but he, to me, he seems like someone you could put at uh, like the mm-hmm. nominal small forward and be fine with that. I would have if I thought they had a really strong case, I would have been OK moving like Jalen Brown or J- Jason Tatum around like to kind of squeeze yeah. him in. Uh, I moved Bam. I mean, Bam obviously has played mostly center, but I moved yep. him to forward um, because I just I think he's so good. Um, the the toughest omissions for me were Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler, uh, Bradley Beal a, a little bit. Um, I don't know whether I'm penalizing him because he has played this whole season with Russell Westbrook or like, I just, I feel like if you're, if you're in in this current NBA with how much talent there is and how healthy all the best players are and everything, like if you're an all NBA player to me, you should be, your team should be like winning when you're on the court Um, Mm -hmm. or you should be contributing to winning in a, in more of a way than, anyone on the Washington Wizards has been. And maybe you could just argue that Russell Westbrook's been the most damaging player in the league and Brad Beals just has no ability to kind of lift them up from that. And Scott Brooks is like a bottom three coach. And uh, I mean, you could make a lot of cases about why his situation is terrible, but, uh, and you could say, well, if Kyrie was on that team, they'd be just as terrible. And that's probably fair. But uh I just, I don't know. I, I think he's, we really, and it's it's hard, I think, for a lot of people to move away from this, but I really think we have to do our best to 
almost not even look at points per game that much anymore. Like it's just, it's such a weird environment we're, we're in right now where rebounds and assists too. But I mean, points per game really stands out to me as just sort of a antiquated stat where it's just usage rate basically. And if you're shooting 10 threes a game and your usage rate is like 30% or whatever, then it would be weird if you weren't averaging 28 yeah. points or 30 points. So um, I I think you have to look at efficiency. You have to look at, um, you know, di- distrib- distribution, making your teammates better. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought it, it Kyrie didn't necessarily feel right to me on the third team, but Beal didn't feel right. I definitely wouldn't have gone with, Levine there um the the tougher omissions were uh butler and and middleton to me were were pretty tough omissions on that third team yeah they both got consideration from me i mean butler's missed a decent amount of time so i I think that made it a little bit easier for me to push him down i i don't feel great about brad beal i'll be upfront about that i i do feel weirdly okay about levine just because and first of all i completely agree with you the the amount of inflation uh, just with, you know, pace and, you know, teams just finally kind of coming around to the way that a lot of the smart teams had been playing four or five years ago. Now every team is playing that way. Like in general, you're just going to have a lot more players averaging 20 to 25 points per game uh, than you ever would have four or five years ago. Um, so I, I think you're spot on with that. But I mean, with Levine, the efficiency is astonishing. And it, it Obviously, the Bulls don't have the greatest supporting cast around him. It, it feels like they should be a little bit better than they are when your best player is is putting up the numbers that he is. But, I mean, he's 52% from the field, 44% from three, 87% at the line, five rebounds, five assists, over a steal a game, 29 points. Um, I mean, it's it, to me, like the stats just become overwhelming at some point. And, and his efficiency is a hell of a lot higher than Beal's. Um, so, you know, I understand not having either of them. On third team, but I I will say I feel a lot better about Levine than Beal. Man, it's it's so tough because it's just like he's definitely he's driving efficient offense. That's that's for sure. Uh, it's just he's never really been a, a winning player to me. Um, I I mean yeah, you could you could probably say pretty much the same thing about Kyrie. I mean he's yeah he's one I, with. LeBron and that's about it. I, I knocked Kyrie for missing games, obviously, and then it I don't know, just like the level of difficulty for him has been turned down when you have Harden and, and Durant. And it doesn't take anything away from him individually. Obviously he's awesome, but um like you said, I, I think if you flop Kyrie and Levine, I don't think anything changes for either team. I think the Bulls might be worse. I mean the, the Bulls are very quietly in sixth place in the Eastern Conference, by the way. <sighs> yeah. Um would the would the Bucks be better or worse if you flipped Middleton and Levine? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would be better. I think there's a case to be made that they would be the same or slightly worse. I don't think better. Yeah, I really wish I could fit. I really wish I could fit Middleton on instead of Kyrie, to be honest. Um, and and part of the reason why, like, I think at the end of the year, I might have Butler on there somewhere. I just, you know, like part of me just wants to go when we get into the playoffs, like who are the 15 best players? And Jimmy Butler is clearly one of the 15 best players when the playoffs start. And 
Um, I mean, I think you could probably say Kyrie is probably one of the 15 best players once the playoffs start. Uh, Zion was kind of a late addition for me. Like I didn't, Mm -hmm. wouldn't have even considered him for a spot like 10 days ago. Uh, And he's just been so good lately. Yeah. And I'm he, starting to feel bad about some of the things we said about him. Like he's now starting to look exactly like the guy that he was at Duke. I mean, he's clearly listening to the pod and we, we, we lit that. a fire under him. Uh, <laughs> he's a big, big regular listener to the, the red wire fantasy yeah. basketball podcast. But yeah, I mean, he's him like at the end of the year, like I think Jimmy Butler will be heard from. I think Chris Middleton will be heard from. Um, I mean, it's, to me, like Gobert was a was an easy easy call in this spot. I mean, I feel like Gobert not being able to find a spot for Gobert on even the second team felt bad to me. Mm-hmm. And then Paul George was super easy as well. But I just I I look at Bam and I'm just like this guy's just so valuable on both ends of the court and. Uh, would just make any team better. Um, I mean, Anthony Davis didn't really get strong consideration for me here, just based on no, the time and the fact that he had been having a underwhelming year, I guess. Like my, my expectation was that he was going to be like a top three or four player in the league this year. And that hasn't been the case at all. So it feels kind of weird not having him here, but um yeah, I mean, there's just there's so many good mm-hmm. options for this third team. Um, I think those first those first two teams feel really solid, and then this third one, it's just like you could I could wake mm-hmm. up tomorrow and do this again, and maybe Gobert and Paul George are the only guys on here. Yeah, Davis is a good call as far as stars who you know maybe are out of it because of injury. Like even even with him being a disappointment, I, I think he still would have been in consideration for a third team spot. Uh, though I, I think I would have gone Gobert over him just because. Like you said, like, even in like the 20 games that we saw of him, it just, I don't know. It just, it, it, he just didn't really seem like he was going that hard. I, there was one, one thing I was looking at, like, I don't think he had a single game where he attempted double digit free throws and he'd have like a ton of those during the regular season last year. And he had some comment right before he got hurt where I think somebody asked him, like, have you ever seen a player who can turn it on and off like LeBron James? And he's like, yeah, me. Wait, so you you think you like why are you operating as if you're just not trying it? Like the implication was basically like, yeah, I'm just gonna kinda loaf it through the regular season. It definitely looked that way. Yeah, I <laughs> thought the same thing. I I mean, I guess maybe that, that happens sometimes when you win your first title. Yeah. Um uh, I just assumed like because he was just so ridiculous in the playoffs, I just assumed he was just gonna kind of pick up where he left off and Right. Maybe he planned on doing that once the playoffs started up again, but uh, yeah, that that was kind of weird. Um, I mean, it, as somebody it, as somebody who never advanced past high school basketball, I, <laughs> it's really hard for me to understand why, if you have the option to just dominate and put up like thirty five and fifteen every <laughs> night, like why would you just not do that? Like if you're going to be out there for thirty seven minutes anyway, you might yeah. as well try. Like I don't, I just don't understand what you get out of that, or like, are you really saving that much energy if you're still playing the minutes? Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I I still expect, like, that version of him if he's fully healthy yeah. for the playoffs, but, um, yeah, man, I did not see Zach Levine coming here, um, yeah. that, that one took me by surprise. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will say, and I'm hesitant to even disclose this. I initially had Vucevic over Gobert on my third team, but I, oh. I knew I could. I know I knew I couldn't face James Anderson and say, "Wow, I have Zach Levine, Brad Beal, and Nick Vucevic on a third team All NBA." Yeah. So what what happens if you flip Gobert and Vucevic? Are you are the Jazz are the Jazz like undefeated if you flip Gobert and Vucevic? <laughs> well, that's what I started thinking about. It's like, all right, they're by far the best team in the league. They need something. And I don't like I was, I was looking at a lot of advanced numbers and like they're just not all that favorable for Mitchell. They're, you know, Conley's been good, but not all NBA good. So it, it kind of had to be Gobert. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he's going to win defensive player yeah, of the year and he's on he's going to be on the team with the number one seed in the West. So, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's that's definitely where it's headed. Um, so do you have a list of omissions or guys who were close to making your third team? I assume if you do, it's going to be long. Uh, mine actually wasn't that long. I mean, all NBA, it's not like all-star for me. Like, I don't, like, I really don't consider guys like, you know, like, uh, like I didn't, I didn't think about center at all. Like it was just those three guys. Like I knew it was those three guys. And, um, the, really the, the, the guys that were tough omissions, um, the like Middleton and Butler and then. Like the two Celtics guys, like mm-hmm. I think based on sort of standing in the league and sort of reputation, Tatum was a tough omission, but he wasn't a tough omission just based on what he's done this year. And yep. then but or uh Jalen Brown was a tough omission based on what he's done this year. But I I kinda looked at the team records and it's like, well, I just it's tough for me to make that case for either of those guys when they're struggling this much in the Eastern Conference. and yeah. it's, a, it's tough timing for the Celtics. You know, if we had done this two weeks ago, at least one of those guys is on the list. But, I mean, we're, we're catching them at their lowest point right now. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to, to see if Zion is still on here at the end of the year. Maybe we're getting sort of swept up in the moment a little bit. Uh, I mean, Maybe. if they if they don't get, you know, like, did, do you almost sort of have to be on a playoff team to make All NBA when there's this much talent out there? I mean, once again, that kind of acts as a good tiebreaker. I, I well, I was just going to ask with Zion since he's only a second year guy, basically a rookie, considering how much time he played last year. Like, do you do you hold him as accountable as you would somebody like a Brad Beal or a Levine who've been in the year or been in the league for you know seven, eight, nine years? uh yeah i do i mean i think okay you have to like they're 14 and 17 and that that's sort of why i'm wondering like if if i'm living too much in the moment here because Mm -hmm. they could totally miss they could not even make the play-in game and i think at that point i would probably bump him down uh I think think they're going to benefit from the teams below them. I think not trying anymore. Like it's going to be like a two team race for that final play in spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy, he's the only guy that either of us can, or he's the only guy I considered who is on a team that would be out on the outside looking in if the playoffs were to start today. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I can't say, I can't say the same. Zach, Zach Levine, uh, 
He is on a six seed team right now. That's yes, crazy. He is. Five and a half games out of first. <laughs> Maybe I should have considered him more. I I thought that he was kind of a a joke of an all star pick, um, just compared to Bam and Butler and Middleton. But I think he's he's a victim of reputation. Like for for the last few years, it would have been a joke if he was an all star, but it, he's just not really the same guy. Yeah. Um, Instead, yeah, I mean, I don't know how Vucevic, like, I mean, that uh, John Hollinger had a good line about that, like, that um, Vucevic and Randall basically made the team because their coaches are Steve Clifford and Tom Thibodeau. Like, that, like, there's no, there's what, no, wait, what does that mean? Meaning, like, the other coaches respect those guys? No, that those teams are, like, it was almost more of like, Man, I can't believe these teams are are uh, as I mean the Magic are thirteen and nineteen, but like yeah. he's playing with G leaguers all year. Like, and it was more of like a Steve Clifford is just such a good coach that the Magic are somehow not the worst team in the league with all yeah. these injuries, and and Thibodeau's done such a good job that the Knicks are not a complete joke this year, but. I mean, there's just no coach in the league that, if they were asked to be truthful, would take Julius Randle uh, over Chris Middleton or or Julius Randle or Nikola Vucevic over Bam Adebayo. I mean, that's just laughable. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's why I considered Vooch. I was accounting for that that classic Clifford bump, you know, that you get every year. <laughs> I do have Randle on my fourth team, and it, it came down to like, okay, Randle or Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum is the better player. No question about it. Statistically this year, I, it's closer than I'd like to admit. And like Randall has definitely been more productive counting stats wise. He's been more efficient. Obviously he's turning it over a ton. Uh, but then you look at the records and they're both 15 and 17. So like in my mind, it's like, oh, the Celtics are probably eight games better than the Knicks. But you don't have that that usual tiebreaker that you get with Boston in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I really, I, I'm excited to see you know, if Bradley Beal ever does decide to to want to play for a real team, like does he is he capable of being like the best player on a on a team that's like five games over five hundred? Like it, like I we've never really seen it. In I mean, I guess maybe that what were those those peak wall Beal Wizards teams? Pretty good. And I mean, was I would, he consider, but Wall Wall was kind of considered the best player on the yes. team, right? At that point, Wall was definitely the best player on the team. But I mean, they they won 43 games. They won 49 games at their absolute peak, 2016-17. And Beal was not this Beal at that point. But I don't. I mean, he he's one of those guys, and there are a ton of them in the league, where it's like you know, you ask the could he be the best player on a title team? No. Could he be the best player on a pretty good team if the other pieces around him are also pretty good? Like, could you could you like flip him and Donovan Mitchell, and would the Jazz be just as good? I would say probably. How about if you flipped him and Paul George? Would the Clippers be just as good? Not quite, but it would be close. I think I think George has become underrated on D now. It's all yeah, that's a good point. It's also worth noting that those Wizards teams that were like the five seed, like that was back at the absolute low point of the Eastern yeah. conference when it was just a total joke. And, uh, yep. 
I think, and just the quality of the league in general is just quite a bit higher than back then. But um, I mean, I don't, I don't think those Wizards teams were like a standard five seed level good. I think it was just such a terrible bottom of the conference at at that time. Yeah, I don't think they ever even made it out of the second round. We have not talked about Ben Simmons at all. Did he get much consideration for you? No, uh, not. Yeah, not as a guard. I mean, I, I, you know, you're talking about Ben Simmons versus like Kyrie and Bradley Beal. Like, I don't, I don't think that's all that close. Um, even if you factor in defense, like mm-hmm. you just, those guys can impact the game so much more than he can because what they do on offense. Yeah. Defense can get you to all-star games. It's not going to get you on an all NBA team with, with a field this strong. I'm with you there. Just the stagnation on offense is just. Like I'm, I'm looking at his his page right now. Like it's it's depressing to just see basically the exact same numbers year after year after year, which are which are good when you come into the league averaging 16, eight and eight. That's not bad. Um, but there's it's just you know there's been no progression, and and this is a you know kind of a single year honor. Uh, but at the same time, you know the, you you kind of have to consider the total picture with him at least offensively. Yeah, for sure. All right, anyone else? I I will read off a list of of guys who I at least considered for, for like a, a distant spot on my third team. If you don't have anyone else. Yeah. Good. Why don't you, why don't you go for it? All right. Tobias Harris having a sneakily very good year. Uh, I actually ended up putting him over Jalen Brown on my fifth team uh, for those keeping score at home. Man, you, Sabonis, hate, you hate Jalen Brown. I don't hate Jalen Brown. I think, I think he had an awesome first three weeks and I think he's kind of coasting on that. All right. The numbers are, I mean, the shooting numbers are good. 49% from the field. That's very good. 39 from three. Also very good. I don't know. I mean, he's five rebounds, four assists. That's okay. But, I mean, he can guard pretty much any wing in the league. Like who, who's a better player, Jalen Brown or Tobias Harris? Oh, Patrick Williams, if we're talking <laughs> guys who can guard wings. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, it's Jalen Brown, but like, I don't think it's, it's, that crazy to say and Harris is 52 42 89 this year 21 points a game almost eight rebounds like barely you know he's at three and a half assists compared to like four for Brown like it's pretty close yeah I, I it's so hard for me with these these guys that are just crazy efficiency years like it's it's just we're in such a weird era where yeah. I don't know. It's 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 tough for me to wrap my head around Tobias Harris and Zach Levine getting this much love, but I'll, I'll let you continue. There is a shocking amount of guys who are like borderline 50, 40, 90. I'll give you that. Uh, we have not discussed either of the two best players for one of the best teams in the West, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. I had both of them on my fifth team. Uh, and then Fred Van Vliet, Malcolm Brogdon, Trey Young, SGA, uh, Brandon Ingram, De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, uh, LaMelo Ball and DeMar DeRozan were also guys that I borderline considered. I, I actually, Chris Paul is a good one. I, I did briefly look at him uh, just because of how much better the Suns are basically just yeah. by him kind of showing up. Um, but I, I didn't really consider Booker at all. <laughs> um, he's just... I, I thought he was going to really emerge like I, I, before the season, if we were just kind of predicting these teams, I definitely would have predicted Devin Booker to make my third team. And it mm-hmm. just hasn't really happened. Yeah. For me, like numbers wise, I, I wouldn't put Chris Paul on my all NBA team, but I could totally see him getting a third team spot over Levine or Beal or Kyrie. 
if the Suns finished like third in the West. I, I think he would just kind of get that respect spot. Like I think he made it last year, didn't he? Well, he might have made second team last year. I, I think mean, he did. Yeah. He had a ridiculous year last year, though. I think he, he needed to make one of those teams last year. And last year, the field wasn't as strong. Yeah, very true. I, I don't like he's he's I don't think he is. It's like even possible for him to make second team this year. But he's having close to as good of a season. I mean, he's almost identical shooting percentages. He's up to 96 percent at the line, which is by far a career high. Assists are up almost two per game. Steals is down a little bit. Um, but he's basically having the exact same season on a better team. Yeah, I, I think I, it was more just kind of um, the fact that that Oklahoma City team, because like people were picking the Suns to make the playoffs this year, get like a right. fifth or sixth seed, whereas the the fact that that Thunder team made the playoffs last year and that they were just the best team in the league in clutch situations, I think it, it all just pointed to CP. Yeah. Well, and not only were the Thunder not picked to make the playoffs, like they were picked to be like the third worst team in the entire league. Right. All right. Good stuff here. Thanks for putting these teams together. Uh, we'll do this again maybe in a couple months, you know, right before the end of the regular season. Nice. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right. Enjoy the weekend, man.